Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Kings of Anglia Tractor Girls Talk podcast. I'm your host, as ever, Ross, and I'm joined by my co-host and town women skipper, Blue Wilson, to talk about a bad day at the office. Blue, thank you very much for joining me. How are you? It's been four weeks since your surgery. How is your recovery going? And um, are you looking forward to Christmas? Have you done your Christmas shopping? How is it getting on? Yeah, I'm well, thank you, Ross. Um, yeah, four weeks since my op and feeling really good. Um, rehab's been really good the past week. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to sort of upping that a little bit um, as the weeks go on and Christmas comes. Um, Christmas shopping-wise, we're actually going away for Christmas. So I've got out of Christmas shopping, really, because we said no presents because we're going away. Um, so, yeah, I'm flying tomorrow, fingers crossed. You never know. Um but yeah, it's yeah, it's it's. I'm looking forward to being away for Christmas, but then ready to get back and start rehab again. Um, I would joke in the family that we're calling it a warm weather rehab camp. That's what we're calling it. Um, so yeah, hopefully we'll get lots of work, lots of work done there. But yeah, I've been I've been really good the past week. Slightly damp, dampened by yesterday, um, but I'm sure we'll talk about it later. How have you been? I've been good. Um, I'm terrible at Christmas shopping, uh, so we won't get into that. Um, I'm very lazy. Um, I, you know, I care about my family and everybody, but I'm just very lazy and stuff. Um, but yeah, Christmas is nearly upon us and um, we have a special guest and um, his name is K-Dog. Kieran Stanley, uh, lurking in the shadows. He's a man of many roles at Itchers Town Women's Team. And um, we have a little bit of a, a connection to us as a trio because when you first signed... I was with Kieran in the car, picking you up at um, St. Joseph's College to do the signing pictures and videos. So um, that was a couple of years ago now. And uh, we've all grown as <laughs> adults in this crazy world. And um, Kieran, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. It's been a long time coming, really, but you're back on the show. Unfortunately, no, you're making your debut on the show. Um, I talk about a defeat, unfortunately. But how are you, my friend? And um, how's your Christmas shopping doing? Yeah, hello guys. Uh, it's nice to nice to be on. Um, good to spend some time with two of my my great friends um, on the show this evening. Um, yeah, doing well. Um, Christ, when you mentioned that that day at St Joe's, that seems like a lifetime ago, <laughs> and it was only like two years ago. A lot has happened since then. Um, but yeah, doing well. Um, Christmas shopping wise, I was actually quite proactive this year. It's all done. Um, wrapping is another story. Not quite finished <laughs> that yet. But uh, otherwise, done done pretty all right, to be fair. That's good. And um, people listening to the podcast and not knowing who you are, although I'm sure many Itchers Town Women's Team supporters will know who you are, but can you sort of just do a brief description of the roles you do? There's multiple roles. We'll be here all night, if you did tell everybody, but the key ones. Yeah, we would be here all night. Um, <laughs> there's been a lot that's happened in the last four and a half years. Technically, um, started as media officer, um, working alongside you, Ross, which has um, been an excellent ride for the last four or five years. We've done a lot of good work. Um, and, of course, with, with Tom as well, who's sadly departed us since um, for, for Pastures New. But, um, yeah, obviously I've taken on a lot more responsibilities and, and gone into more of a, a media and ops management role, I guess. Um, but also I've done so many different things from, from admin and... Um, I've Kit done man. Printing shirts. I've given the mini bus. What was that, Blue? Printing shirts. Printing shirts with, with the gaffer. I've I have done pretty much everything other than coach the team on the training pitch. I've even taken the team for a game. Um, <laughs> so other than coach a training session, I would say I've done pretty much everything. Definitely, definitely. I did get a 14-0 yeah. win though in that game in charge, so I'll take it. 
take that. I'm the successful, management now. Most successful Ipswich manager has ever been, I, I say. Yeah, 100% retire. win record. Yeah, retire now. Retire now. I think retire I will. Now. I, I'm never going to better that, am I? So I'll leave the management to Joe and Charlie. I'm, I'm done. Indeed. And, um, well, let's get into the serious stuff. Um, for the first time on the podcast, we're going to talk about a league defeat, a bad day at the office at Oxford, at um, a very nice setup actually, Oxford City um, Stadium. Um, and yeah, a 3 1 defeat wasn't good. Uh, me and Kieran were there. Blue, of course, you were reading tweets and probably going, What is happening? Um, but let's just set the scene a little bit. We're on the coaches' standard. Um, Felix Joe Travel, props to them. Good, um, always good. Shout out to Baz. Good old Baz, good old Baz. Good, good ride with him. Um, and yeah, we get to Oxford City. Very good setup there. They're like a National League south side. Um, it wasn't as good as Plough Lane, of course. Um, a 3G surface. The, you know, the dressing rooms they looked alright, looked clean, looked proper. Um, clubhouse and all that sort of stuff. So Blue, I think you would have been impressed. There was a scoreboard. Yes, um, I'm a big fan. Although it wasn't like a countdown for like you know Plough Lane, it wasn't like okay. a countdown until kickoff. But during the game, you know, Ittridge Town, Oxford logo, you had the the amount of times that being played. As a player, would you would you see that? Would you see that? Just yeah, hundred percent. Look, yeah. 100%. I think I remember uh, City, obviously not a great game to look at the scoreboard and neither was yesterday. But I remember literally looking at the clock and being like, how long was, How long have we got left? How long have we got until we make it? Um, but yeah, I think it helps actually. I think it's a good mental. I think maybe it depends how you take it because um, sometimes complacency can set in. But I always like to know what the time is and I'm always asking the ref how long we got left, how long, how long, how long. A couple of slight issues with that scoreboard yesterday, Ross. I don't know whether you clocked this or not, uh, but there was a couple of errors on it. Um, oh, so it said Oxford United versus Ipswich Town, which they got right. But the top of the scoreboard said Women's National League Cup when it was a league game. And they, at first, before changing it to the Ipswich badge, had the Dorking Wanderers badge on there, <laughs> um, which was obviously quite a mistake from uh, from the whoever or whoever controls the, uh, the scoreboard at Oxford City FC. But... Um, yeah, I saw that and was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that is a very different badge to Ipswich Town Dorking. I don't know what division they play in, but of course, I'm sure they've got loads of different logos for the men's Oxford City side. Um, but no, I thought it was a good setup, Kieran. Um, of course, mm. it was a cold, foggy day, very foggy, very foggy indeed. Um, I will have to start counting, by the way, um, how many people are wearing. Um, gloves. I think that's always a good thing when it's this time of year. I think Laffy had gloves. I'm trying to think of anybody else. Can you remember, Kieran? Anybody else wearing gloves on the day? It's not something I really picked up, on, picked up on, to be fair. Um, what I can't work, work out with, with Laff is is that she'll wear like short sleeve shirt with no under armour, will pull her shorts up quite high to her thighs, but then wear gloves. It's like, well, surely you're cold <laughs> elsewhere, not just your hands. I don't get that. If you wear winter like a tire playing football, you go under armour, you know, and you go with your with your gloves too. But I just can't work out why you have one and not the other. Yeah, I've just um, I've just looked quickly back at pictures. I think Kyra is wearing some, and of course Sarah is because she's a goal goalkeeper. <laughs> Had to do a cheap thing there. Had to do a cheap one there. I she wasn't Ross. I'll tell you that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Blue, like this time of year, what what's your go-to? What do you wear gloves. in terms of uh, gloves and yeah? Gloves, Under Armour. I think to be honest, I think I saw Laugh wear gloves in summer at some point. She's one of those who is quite quick to pull out. I, I, honestly, it must have been near summer, maybe September. We'll give it that. But Laugh, wow. Laugh loves gloves. But I think she's one of those like Medema who will wear short sleeves and then gloves 
I, I don't get that for me. Under Armour. Um, no. Under Armour is on before the gloves. Definitely. And um, I think at one stage, she actually did take them off. I've just seen a picture again that she's got them off at this stage. So she must have gone, now nah, these not working, take them off. Uh, and then maybe she put them back on again. But so, I've seen players sometimes chuck them and like you think, will you remember where you chucked them? And then you're like, you've lost yeah. gloves and you have to keep buying them. <laughs> um, but no, it was, a, it was a cold and foggy um, afternoon in Oxford. Um, well, let's... Um, Let's not muck about now. Let's get into the game. Um, and Kieran, they took the lead early on. Uh, what was the feeling like on the bench? And talk about the goal. Um, it was a good strike, but it was a, a disappointing goal to concede very early on in the game. Yeah, it was a good strike. First and foremost, I think we've got to give credit to Beth Lumsden, um, a fantastic player at this level. And I came away from that game thinking that she was the best individual player we have faced this season. Um, and it, it's a great, great finish. I think... The genuine or the general feeling was that it's, it's, it's five minutes into the game. You've got 85 minutes plus added time left. Let's not panic. Like, it's absolutely fine. And I think from that point onwards for the remainder of the half, I think we, we were probably just on top. Um, although Oxford did have quite a decent threat on the counter-attack. Um, but, yeah, I think more than anything, I think the timings of the goals were the, the real crucial part of the game with a real deciding factor because I think it, it, early goals can can go one of two where one of two ways you can either score too early similar to what England did at the in the Euro final against Italy where Shaw scores in the first two minutes and it gives Italy so much time to get back into the game and that's kind of what was going through my head when Oxford scored but on the flip side of that if you're in the game you're thinking oh crikey we're, we're one nil down after five minutes like what is going on here? So you can you can take it one or two ways. And I think we responded quite well to it. But I think just as we were starting to grow into the game and, and having, having a nibble and, and could have got ourselves level just before half-time, then they go and get the second. And it kind of, it, it's it's a sucker punch, isn't it? Because it kind of come from nowhere. And and then suddenly you're thinking, 2-0 down going in the, into half-time. It's, it's a difficult job for you in the second half. But I don't think anyone at that point thought game over. Definitely, there was definitely a belief there that we could find the route back in. Definitely, as you said, that's a perfect word, really. Is it was a sucker punch going into half time because it killed the momentum. Um, and we felt, as you said, if it was one nil half time, we were going, okay, we can come out in the second half and hopefully find that equaliser. Um, Blue, as I said, you're following the tweets, um, thinking what is going on, what was your feelings like, and what would you be like as a player going in at half time 2 0 down? Um, I'm sure you know you're disappointed, you're deflated, and of course we're not being used to being, you know, two nil down. We, you know, we've seen us being maybe one nil down before when we were lost against Southampton in the League Cup, but I mean, it's been a while since we've had a defeat. And I'm going to chuck that stat in, which Kieran put in the match report and stuff. March 2020 is the last time we saw a league defeat. So a lot of these players who are part of that squad um, are now feeling their first defeat at half time for a very long time. Yeah, I think it's difficult. I mean, I, I was following it, um, of course, on Twitter, refreshing like a crazy person. I was also texting Kieran um, because I thought his tweets weren't quick enough. So I was like, Kieran, what is actually going on? Um, oh, <laughs> joking, joking. joking, joking. Out for. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I saw the first goal and I was like, oh, God. But then I had that feeling where you're like, OK, early goal. I still back us to win this. That's It's a position that we haven't often been in, but we've got the grit. Uh, or normally got the grit to come back. Um, so, yeah, then it was almost half time. I was like, you know what, if we can go in 1 0, I'll take that. 1 um, 0 at half time, I back us to win that. 
against anyone really. Um, then the second goal went in, and I was like, okay, this this is going to be a challenge. This might not be our day. But obviously, I wasn't there. I wasn't. I could only read what was through Twitter. Um, so I had no real sense of how the team were feeling and the belief that you could you could tell from the body the body language you can often tell. Um, so sadly, I didn't have that. But two 0 down at half time is is not a great scoreline, and I think that crucial. I think it's great to score five minutes before half time, but also ten minutes after half time. I think is crucial. If we score in that ten minutes after half time, I think we win the game. But. It's all about momentum. It's all about momentum and belief. And sounds like we didn't have that or it didn't fall our way, one of the two. Um, but yeah, difficult, really difficult. I then saw the third one go in and I thought, I didn't lose all hope, of course, because we're a, we're a crazy team and we do crazy things. So you never know. Um, and I saw Sarah pull one back and I was like, oh, here we go. Here we go. Um, but sadly, it wasn't to be. But yeah, it's, I think it's difficult as a player. When, especially if you concede so close to half time, I think that's a real, real kick in the teeth. But we'll be back, um, no doubt about that. Um, but yeah, football's all about momentum. It's not an easy game. Um, and sadly, we didn't get that right yesterday. I think Blue's spot on there, Ross. Um, just with the timings, as I said, the timings of the goals, the, the, the 10 minutes before half time and the 10 minutes after half time is so crucial. And that. That goes back to when we beat Southampton a few weeks ago. We scored five minutes before half time, and that kind of changes Southampton's perspective coming out into the second half. And you know, as I said, we were just starting to grow, and and obviously then they score again at the weekend. And then you think, right, if we come out strong second half, Nick and Ellie go inside the first ten minutes. As Blue mentioned, it's a critical part in the game. You make it to one at that point, it could be interesting. But for for Oxford to go and get their third goal just three minutes after half time, and it kind of throws everything that you, you'd spoke about at half-time out of the window and suddenly you're facing an uphill battle. It's difficult, isn't it? That those, those, I just felt like coming away from that game yesterday, people can analyse so many different things. But for me, it was just the timing of the goals that, 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 that hurt us the most, I think. Yeah, as you said, it was a kick in the teeth. As you said, Blue, when, when they got the third goal just after half, or, you know, five minutes into the second half and you just feel like, wow, everything, game change would have been changed from Joe. He's like, wow, 3-0 down now. And it's a uphill, you know, battle. Um, I have to admit, I, I lost pretty much all hope. I'm sorry, girls. I just went 3-0. That's, that's just too much. You know, away from home, Oxford are unbeaten at home. Um, they're a good side. Uh, I felt it's going to be a big challenge here. That We've got to hope Oxford have a few mistakes in them. Um, of course, as I said, Sarah pulled a goal back. Good goal, by the way, Sarah. Um, really good. good goal. And good. you do have a little bit of hope there. I did go, oh, okay, Conning girls, let's see what's going to happen here. And as you said, you know, Maddie had a, an opportunity um, to, to pull another goal back, five minutes to go. Um, it just wasn't to be, was it, Kieran? And um, the full-time whistle hits. And, of course, everyone is upset. You know, we're not used to losing. Um, but give credit to Oxford. They were a good side, uh, one of the best sides we've played this season. Um, as you said, you've said to me off-air, and I'm sure fans who were there, you were consulting players. Everyone was just page. As she is, she's a warrior. She's upset that we've lost the game. Even EK, she's frustrated. Um, it just was a bad day at the office. Um, and we just got to brush ourselves off. Um, I don't know if it's... Is it a bad timing? Because we're going into this little fist fester period. Or it's not. It's never good timing to lose. But what, what's your feelings around that? I don't think the timing could be... Uh, it's, it's a difficult one. I don't think it's necessarily bad timing. Um, I think having a two-week break after a defeat like that 
um, will give everyone a chance to refresh, reset, rest, and kind of reflect on, on what went wrong um, and then ready to take on Portsmouth on the 9th of January. So, yeah, I, I would say, it's you know, if, if a defeat is going to come at any time, this is a good time to respond from it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like you said, Ross, the positive from the game was, was Sarah's goal. Um, and, and we did have a glimmer of hope. And, you know, on another day, Maddie's, Maddie's chance goes in with five minutes to go, three minutes. Uh, if you're five minutes to go and you're three, two down, anything could happen. You could have got a crazy three-all draw. Um, but it just wasn't to be. And, and you spoke about, you know, consoling the players after the game. Um, it's something we haven't had to do a lot of. Um, and we've got to remember, like, this is such a young team and there are not a lot of, of senior heads there, really. And even the coaching staff and the staff are young, too. I mean, you think Joe and Charlie are in their early 30s. You know, I'm, I'm in my late 20s and it's, it's not, we haven't got a lot of experienced heads there. Um, and, you know, I saw Maddie and, and Zoe get quite upset after the game. Um, so I went over and just put my arm around them and just reassured them and, and tried to pick them up a little bit. Um, and Joe went over to speak to Paige. Um, and then obviously the fans um, were very, very supportive. And I want to just want to shout out to the fans as well, because mm. Joe actually had to stop his post-match team talk uh, because the fans were so loud in support of us after the game. They were banging on the advertising hoarding, singing songs, clapping and cheering and Joe was like, I'm going to have to wait for them to finish. So we have to stop. Um, and that's just a testament to how good the support was. You know, another great away support, packing out a mini bus to calm down. And, you know, and we can't even get a team talk done because the support is just so amazing. Um, so fair play to them. They were they were incredible once again. And and even after a defeat, they were proud. And, and, and that's just, a, that's fantastic. So, um, but I also just, I want to, I want to say, Massive, massive respect to Paige Peak um, because um, she done the post-match interview for me. She actually volunteered herself for that. She came up to me after the game and said, do you need someone to do the post-match interview? And she goes, if so, I'll, I'll take one for the team. I'll step up and do it. And this is like a matter of minutes after she was you know, being consoled by Joe and was really upset. But she picked herself up She and she said, I'll, I'll do it. And, and that, to me, as someone who does, you know, work, has worked in media for, for a long time, for, for a player to take, to take one for the team like that, on behalf of a teammate, step up and, and take responsibility for a, to do a post-match interview, because nobody wants to do a post-match interview after a defeat. And for her to show that character and maturity, I have massive respect to her for that. I think that, that, that took a lot of guts. And I walked away from that. I even spoke to her afterwards. I was like, that took a lot of... A lot of um, guts and um, yeah, fair play to her. I think that was an amazing thing that she did. So, um, Paige, if you're listening, really appreciate you. Hope she does. Although I, I offended her last week, um, she is a friend of the show. Thank you very much for joining us. But um, I'm, I'm sure I've got to praise her a bit more now because of um, the insult on her last week, Blue. I'm sorry to sorry to say that it wasn't that bad. I'm sure you listened to it, Kieran. Um, but Blue, I'm going to bring you in here. Um, sadly for yourself, it was you know. You were hopeless, you know, reading the tweets at home, you know, being the skipper and seeing, you know, your team fall to this defeat. What was you feeling like at, at full time? And I'll also get you in, Kieran, as well, just talking about what Joe was saying in the huddle. Not too much because it that is in-house sort of thing, but just the on the lines of that. But Blue, yeah, what was your thoughts on that? And it's, it's a disappointing defeat, but we'll, we'll move on. Um, I think first was shock, to be honest. 
Um, not, oh, I don't want to sound like we're, we're we're a big team or whatever, but it's it was a bit of shock because we'd actually lost a game and it doesn't happen often like we've we've all said multiple times. But yeah, I was in shock for I'd say a good half an hour, um, and reading through Twitter and like, wow, okay, this this isn't going to be easy this title race. So yeah, I think I actually think that when you ask Kieran about the timing of this, I don't think it could be a better timing just because. Christmas break is difficult because you have to motivate yourself because you're not in it training every week. So it's it's a period where you have to rely on yourself to work and keep yourself at the fitness levels and the strength of what is needed ready for Portsmouth, which is a huge game. Portsmouth are a good team and we know that. Um, so I actually think it's it's good going into Christmas knowing that actually we're not this isn't as this isn't plain sailing as we thought it might be. I don't think we ever thought it was going to be that easy. But going in unbeaten would have been great, but going in with one loss and having that little bit of fire back and being like, actually, you know, we've got to work for this. We've got to work really hard. Um, so, yeah, I think I think in that respect, it's a, it's a good thing. You have to take good things from these, these bad occurrences. Um, let's hope it doesn't happen again. But, yeah, I think Christmas break is coming at a good time. Um, the girls will be working hard, I'm sure, as well as a bit of a break, which is needed. Um, but yeah, we we're eleven wins, one loss. I mean, I'd I'd take that. I would take that. So yeah, it's swings and roundabouts as always. But um, I'm sure we'll be back. Um, and it was great. It was great to see so many responses on Twitter, which were positive and still backing us, like Kieran said. Um, I always love going through Twitter and seeing fans organise minibus minibuses to go and see us, and we've only got one seat left. Bloody right! And I'm like. You guys are crazy. You're absolutely crazy. You like we're so grateful to have you. And I think that's those moments where you do have the lows and you still got the fans and support backing you. That's the that's the real stuff that makes you smile and go, actually, you know what? We're bigger than this one loss and we'll be back. Um so yeah, it's things and roundabouts, as I said. But um yeah, we'll move on. Definitely. We definitely will move on. Um, and as I was saying, Kieran, you know, Joe said that probably in the huddle, saying we went 11 games unbeaten our first year in tier three football. Um, I think we would have, yeah, ripped anybody's hand off saying, yeah, you're going to have 11 unbeaten wins, you know, scored good goals, got loads of clean sheets. What, what else was sort of Joe saying? That, the gist of it, of course, not everything. Yeah, I think Blue summed it up quite well. That's pretty much the, the route that Joe went down with, with the post-match team talk. Um, once he could actually get around to it with the fans, you know, what they were doing after the game. Um, but yeah, it was. He was saying, you know, like, okay, we've we've had an off day today um, and Oxford have had a very good day. And sometimes in football that happens. He goes, we've had off days this season, but still won because the opposition have had an off day too. And it's just like one of those one of those things where things don't always go for you in football. You know, you, you get results sometimes that you might not necessarily deserve. And then sometimes you don't get anything in games you do deserve to get something out of. So it was just one of those things. And kind of the, the highlight of it was exactly what Blue said. We've won 11 games out of 12 in our first season in Tier 3. We're still top of the le- top of the league. It's still in our hands. We're still in the driving seat. And there's 14 games to go. And ultimately, I think Oxford will take points off of some of the other contenders as well. And I think that vice versa, I think there's still so much to go and, and fans can be like, oh, this is our title to lose and whatnot. And I'm sure other clubs are thinking the same, but it isn't done until until April. 
there's a long, long way to go. 14 games to go. So much can happen in football. And we have had 11 fantastic wins out of 12. And there's no reason why we can't go and win the next 11. So it was very much remain positive, reflect on the game, look at what we did wrong, look at what we can improve on, have a break, have a great Christmas. And then when we're back in January, we're going after Portsmouth and we're going to try and bounce back and get ourselves on another good run so that we're still in the driving seat come April. Now, well said, well said, my friend. Well said. Very nice, very nice. Very nice, very nice. Touching, very touching. Um, and as another thing, the fans were singing, we are top of the league. You know, we just lost 3-1, but we were, we are still top of the league, ladies and gentlemen. We are still top of the league. We may have lost bad at the office and all that, but we're still top of the league. Um, I think we now should... Forgive out the game and move on. Um, but I want to bring my hopefully regular feature when we are doing away days. I wish I had a jingle for this. Ross's away day food rating. I don't know. That's the <laughs> work in process. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I might need to revisit that one, yeah. mate. Yeah. I'll get you to do a voiceover. You used to do, Kieran used to do voiceovers for me. I used to do jingles, yeah. Back in my radio yeah. days, you know, Ross and I yeah. used, to, used to create things like that all the time. Yeah. Kieran, you've got a great voice on you. We'll save that for another day, though. That's that's where it where it all began. Yeah, pretty much doing jingles, and then he uh, chucked in the Sinatra stuff. Um, but no, <laughs> yeah, let's we, talk yeah. about. Yeah, we we'll, we'll get, yeah, we'll we, get into yeah, that. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk about the food. Um, Blue, from there. We'll let you insight on what what happened. Um, of course, it's Christmas, last game before Christmas. So, um, Oxford had a proper roast dinner, but we had like boxes. I think they just chucked a bit of sausage and a roast potato and then gravy. That was it. And, of course, Kieran doesn't like gravy, so he didn't have it. But um, the sausage was all right. You know, potato was the potato. And that was it. Um, yeah, it was It was weird because they were in, like, you know, cardboard boxes and just, yeah, was weird. Interesting. It's an interesting option. I, I want to delve more into... Kieran not liking gravy. I mean that is Ooh, controversial, isn't it? Very controversial. Like, are we allowing this, Ross? Not happen, not liking gravy. And is this on everything, Kieran, or is this just certain things? This, or is is this on everything. This is wow. on everything. I just I don't have time for it, to be honest. I wow. I think it's an unnecessary item to have on your dinner. I feel like it just makes everything soggy. And whenever you have gravy on a meal, all you can taste is gravy and you can't taste the contents of your food. So I prefer to be able to taste what I'm actually eating rather than just gravy flavoured, whatever it is. So gravy can get in the sea as far as I'm concerned. Um, I'm, I'm not a fan of it. I know that there'll be a lot of people disagreeing with me um, and I'm quite happy to take that one on the chin. But no, gravy's not for me. Um, yeah, Christmas dinner though, bit of cranberry sauce, that don't go amiss. I like a bit of cranberry sauce with Christmas dinner. But yeah, I was disappointed just... yesterday, Ross. I was saying to you, because obviously I'm, you know, very anti-gravy. Um, <laughs> and I was like, they could, have just had, they could have just had sausages and roast potatoes in the box with gravy in a gravy boat, and you just put on whatever you want. But no, they decided to smuggle a whole lot in gravy. And I was like, I ain't having any of this. We've just lost 3-1, and I've been served gravy in a box. No chance of my having this. <laughs> In a way, that's a good shout. I'll give you that. I don't give you the gravy, you know, comment, but I'll give you that. It should have been in jug because you know, do people do like to have their amount of gravy they want? But there was just basically they must have just put them in the box and it's gone. Yeah, gravy here, gravy here, gravy here. But um, I don't know. It's controversial, blue with the gravy talk. I don't know if yeah. we yeah. should I allow it back on 
for this. Yeah, I think it's difficult. Proportions are key. I will take that. Proportions yeah. are key. But obviously, Ross has known about this for a while, Blue, but you only recently discovered this whole gravy scenario when we went out for, for lunch um, up near your way when we come, myself and Kev come to visit you. And you were just flabbergasted for a good 15 oh, minutes. I but I'll tell you what, you know, that, that was an excellent bit of pork belly that we had in that in that pub that day, and it didn't need gravy on it, so. Okay, okay. Well, uh, I'll allow it. Did it have apple sauce? I think a little bit, yeah. Okay, okay. I'll allow it. I'll allow mm, it. Just. Mm, just about, just about. But yeah, let us know. Okay. Let us know. Let us know what you think of Kieran's very outrageous strangeness yeah very strange um but i'll give it a good it's you know a standard rating you know you don't you don't know what to expect for whether way day food of course it's for the players mainly of course staff do get them but um, i'm just there for the scraps fighting for the scraps but there was a few boxes left i don't know which players wouldn't have had it would you have eaten at blue would you have gone i don't know what's probably not the greatest food to probably eat after the game a bit of sausage and a roast potato yeah i mean not ideal but when compared to pizza, which is mostly the, the post-match food, yeah. I, I don't well, know. I feel like a lot of clubs are really kind of behind the curve a little bit. Like it's just like we go to some places and it's excellent. Um, and I know in the men's game they probably get well looked after, but in you know the non-league slash women's game, like it's a little bit different. We've been to some good places. Obviously, no doubt City was definitely the best oh. we've had. Um, but I feel like some clubs just go with either like the cheap buffet or like ordering a pizza from a local takeaway. And it's just like, well, nobody really wants that post-match. But I've got to say, shout out to Felix Stone and Walton United, our, our, our hosts, our home ground. They have really upped their game this season with the post-match food. Ross and I have been very, very impressed with it this year. So Felix Stone doing a cracking job. I feel like not only are we top of the league in terms of on the pitch, we're top of the food table as well. Um, oh. But I've, I've also, this, this is a strange segue, but I've got to mention this, and I think Blue might be aware of this. So all the staff and players, when we go on overnight stage, love a little bit of sticky toffee pudding with dinner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Joe suggested at Southampton that we're actually going to have a sticky toffee pudding league table based on away trips, and we're going to see <laughs> who has the best sticky toffee pudding. I'm telling you now, nobody's beating Plymouth. That was... Absolutely phenomenal. We will have updates on this, Ross. Yes. Because yeah. the, one, the one in Southampton was basically just a dry muffin with some custard. Not impressed. I did. Absolutely sensational. So, <laughs> are currently, they may be in the relegation zone on the pitch, but they are top of the sticky toffee pudding league all day long. That's all that matters, really, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a prestigious title. <laughs> I don't know where to go here, segue wise, but. Um, <laughs> Want to keep I mean, you it's updated. It's your section. Very, very much so. Um, yeah. Out of 10 rating for Oxford City, I'll give him a, a solid six. It's all right. It was all right. Um, ground, yeah. I'd say probably seven and a half, eight. Yeah. Good clubhouse. Good facilities. 3G pitch lets them down. Don't like 3G pitches. No. And obviously, Gravy Gate, not a fan. <laughs> Gravy Gate. <laughs> um, one thing I was a bit disappointed about is, um, of course, Paige Peak had to change her boots. I, I said I was loving her combination in that Ooh. white kit at Wimbledon. She had to change her boots, unfortunately, for this 3G pitch. And I thought, oh, it just doesn't look as good. Hope she does go back to the pink boots um, for the next game against Portsmouth because we'll, we'll be back at Felix, though. 
on the lovely grass of Felix Day. We'll um, definitely be back on at Felix Day. Yes, please, please do, please do. And I'll be training over the other bit of the grass because yeah. yeah. probably Felix Day's pitch is still not great um, at that stage, definitely because of winter. Um, well, um, we've got one more section to mention before we move on to the year as a whole. Um, and I'm also going to sort of put you... What's the word? I'm trying to think. I'm ruining the podcast now. I'm going to put you on the spot and getting you one word to sort of express your feelings on 2021. Before we get into that, um, Kieran, you have a little story about Pesca, um, of course, um, part of Blue with the ACL injury and surgery, but take it away. And while you say that, Blue, and yourself can think of that one word to express your feeling on 2021, because it has been a great year for Richard's Town Women's team. Yeah, I'd say... Um... I'm quite happy with myself with what I've managed to 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 achieve with, with what what I've done. So just a little bit of a backstory. Obviously, all of us at the club devastated with with the injuries to Blue and, and to Pesk. Um, so they were both going in for surgery a week apart, and I thought I just wanted to do a little something to try and raise their spirits. Going because you know, they're going for a difficult time. So Blue was first. Um, sent her maybe what six or seven different video messages we had mark ashton matt holland uh, macaulay bond george edmondson kane vincent young connor chaplin um sammy uh, morsey sammy morsey captain as well um so they all sent video messages in support of blue which i sent to her the night before her surgery um so that was that was something i really wanted to do but so i wanted to do something similar for for pesk um, but she's not an Ipswich fan um, and she doesn't often watch the men's first team play like Blue does. Um, I'm sorry if we've offended anyone there, um, but unfortunately Pesk isn't from this area, so it's understandable. Um, so I thought, what can I do um, that's that's something that would mean a lot to her, but it's something similar. So Sophie, massive Arsenal fan, lifelong Arsenal fan. So um, I got in contact with uh, Arsenal's comms department and uh, requested a video message from her favourite player, which is Bukayo Saka. And um, I sent it four weeks ago um, and didn't hear anything back. And I thought, oh, well, maybe they've just ignored it or whatever. Like, it's a busy period. They might just just not be able to do it. Um, so I actually said to Pesk about two weeks back, I was like, this is what I tried to do. I wanted to let you know what, what I tried to get for you, but unfortunately it just wasn't possible. They didn't get back to me. And then I woke up on Friday morning and there was an email in my uh, inbox from the comms manager there, a guy called Dan Tolhurst. And he had sent me a video from Bakayo Saka. It had been filmed in a studio and um, I kept it to myself most of the day. And then we were in training on Friday evening at Playford Road. And I'd said to Pest during the day, I was like, oh, are you in training this evening? Because I've got something I need to pass on to you, which obviously set her mind racing as to what on earth it could be. And she actually, funny enough, she kept saying to me, can I have my present now? And I kept saying to her, what makes you think it's a present? Like, I'm not just going to turn up with like a gift wrap box and give you a present in front of everyone. Um, anyway, so I just I just sent her the video clip um, with, the, with the caption, Merry Christmas. And um, she opened it up on her phone and she was like, oh, my God. Like, she was like, I can't watch it. I, I just can't watch it. And I was like, well, please watch it because I've gone to a lot of effort to get this for you. <laughs> and then uh, she watched it and, um, yeah, bless her, she uh, she cried. Um, she was very happy. Uh, she watched it about 25 times. 
um, and just couldn't believe what she'd watched. She, she sent it to her family. Her phone was was ringing people going, oh my God, that's amazing. Um, and then I think she put it on like a private Snapchat story and she was just getting bombarded with messages of people going, oh my God, how have you got that? So um, I think it went down very well. Um, and I'm just glad that I managed to get it sorted, but also just want to thank Dan Tolhurst at Arsenal and thank Bakayo as well. Um, I'm sure he's listening to Tractor Girls talk because he you knows it's a big deal. Um, but that is credit, credit to Arsenal for, for getting that over. And it, it, it's made made Peskitt's Christmas, I think. So, um, yeah, if you're listening, Pesk, you're welcome. And um, I'm glad you like it. Definitely. And um, I know, Blue, we've, we mentioned we're going to get, hopefully, Peskitt on. So, we can get an update on her new injury and your surgery and everything like that. And um, talk about her journey in football as well. Um so, I've set you up uh, on the spot, but you've had a little bit of time now, Blue. Uh, Kieran, I'll let you have a little think now because you just had a talk about the Pesket story. But, Blue, in one word, would you you know, describe and express your feeling on, on this year? Uh, so, I'd say it's it's difficult to describe the year as a whole in one word, but I think the first word that came to mind was roller coaster. Um, I think personally, but as well as the team, um, I mean, there's times in the year where we thought, oh, we might have to stay in this in Tier 4 again. But then, obviously, we did get promoted, um, which was a massive boost. Tier 3, we've come in and absolutely ripped it up. Um, 11 wins out of 12. I mean, who would have who would have dreamt of that? It's, it's crazy to think that we've just been promoted. Um, but then, personally, you've obviously got the ups and downs. And um, as a team, we've had ups and downs. So, yeah, it's it's a ro- it's been a roller coaster. I think it will always be a roller coaster with this club. Um, but a roller coaster that is climbing up the tiers, which is great to see. Um, we'll call it the four to one roller coaster. Love it, love it. And that's that's a great word, Kieran, isn't it? Roller coaster yeah. that has been uh, in the world that has been a roller coaster, but for us as a team, it has. Um, what's your one word? Can you top Blue's word? I was just gonna go with something quite simple. I, I ain't gonna take, I don't know, it's still Blue's thunder. Um, I, I would just go with memorable. I just think there's a lot that's happened in the last year. Obviously, we started the year quite negatively with obviously a lockdown and then came back and played one competitive game and then had some friendlies. But I'll never forget the feeling of receiving that email to say we'd been accepted for promotion into the third tier. Joe and I were jumping for joy in our respective houses and we couldn't wait to tell the players and the staff that we'd been approved and we were going up Um I'll never forget the end of season party um, purely for, for Ross, pretty much, um, who had a very good time that evening. Um, but also for you, Blue, because I think we must have said the same phrase to each other about 50 times, and that's how we communicated the whole night. So, for people that don't know, Blue and I literally just looked at each other several times and just went, Tier three. And that's all we said, like all night. Um, and it was, it was just sheer relief. Um, but some great memories from coming from such a disappointment of having the season stopped again and then going into that elation of being promoted, but also memorable for the fact that we've had our first ever professional players sign contracts, blue included, going into tier three for the, for the first time since I think 2009. Um, and, and then starting tier three as we have in ridiculous form, so many different wins. I'll never forget the experiences of playing at the stadiums like Plough Lane and Home Park um, and obviously capped off by the best win we've had this year away at Southampton, which was just an incredible weekend. 
Um, we know that the job's not done yet. As I said earlier in the podcast, there's a long way to go. But yeah, if I had to sum up this year, I'd definitely say memorable because um, I think there's a lot that's happened this year that I'll remember for the rest of my life. Oh, once again, a touching oh, word there, awesome. Kieran. What a word, <laughs> You are, you are, you are. It's just, oh, touching, mate. What about you, I've, Ross? I've put you on the spot. Put you oh, on the geez. spot. Bring oh. it back. Yeah. To be fair, this was on the spot as well, this idea, because I went on, on you know, looking back at 2021, finally get promotion and stuff. Well, it was a very simple, simple thing for us to do. We could look back at all the results, but I thought one word. Um, to be fair, Kieran stole a word, really. It has been memorable because um, all everything that's gone through just in terms of, you know, getting that disappointment of, you know, having the season cut short because of COVID and the league deciding to curtail it again and then getting that news. Um, a relief for finally getting tier three promotion, then going into tier three and just going on that that ride of you know eleven games unbeaten, going to home park, going to Plough Lane, and just seeing the progression of this football club. You know when we first started, Kieran, we we didn't. I don't think we ever dreamt of how far this this team could go. No, yeah. I don't think we did. Yeah, so, we've yeah. Been- you and I have been here for a long time. We've experienced some some amazing highs. We've experienced some very low lows. Um, we've obviously been here through different eras. Um, but where we are now is just, yeah, if you just told me that when I started the job in August 2017, that we'd be in this position now having experienced what we have, I never would have dreamt of it in a million years. Definitely, and I'm sorry, Blue. I'm not. I'm not a wordsmith like Kieran. Uh, even yourself, roller coaster. That's, that's another great word. Um, I just I'll I haven't got the was. word. I'll take I'll it. Take yeah, it. I'm going to put both your words together: memorable and roller coaster of a year. There we go. Yeah, that's, that's, that's good. That's, yeah, I like that. That's, that's good. Um, well, let's look ahead then to next year, 2022 January. We've got some big games, as you mentioned earlier. Um, a festive period now. Actually, before actually, Blue. What what does Players, of course, at the time, you know, you're not going to be training. Um, you are going to have a time to have a little, you know, chill time with your families and everybody. Um, eating maybe a little bit less, uh, well, not eating more, but not as uh, maybe good yeah. as you should be, and, you know, stuffing and all that. Um, but as a player, what do you, uh, what is your preparation like when you're <laughs> uh, during the festival? What's the way you just want with stuffing? <laughs> Sorry, because it's, 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 it's a lot of calorie stuff, you know. It's very, it's very, you know, bulk and stuff. Um, but anyway, enough of that. Um, I don't know what I'll go. I don't know where I'll go with this, really. Um, yeah, no, no, I, yeah, a lot yeah, more calories you eat and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm in. I'm a massive fan of stuffing. I think stuffing for me makes a Christmas dinner. I think normally, normally at Christmas, my mum will whip up about three or four different types of stuffing, um, which is yeah it's it's decent it's very very good um we also have trifle i'm a big fan of trifle trifle and stuffing for me a highlight of christmas um but yeah i think it's important to get some relaxation time i think i've seen eva mention that she's going for a run on christmas day uh some people will do that i mean i i wouldn't do that normally um obviously won't be this year either um but yeah i think it's important to have the rest time but also we've got programs to do um which will be done but yeah, sort of getting that balance right with spending time with the family, recovering a little bit because it's been a tough, it's been a tough year. Um, but yeah, also making sure that we're ready from Portsmouth um, and ready for the the important, uh, the important part of the season. So it's getting that balance right, and I'm sure the majority of the players will. 
Definitely. And um, Kieran, let's talk about the fixtures then quickly. Um, hopefully they will all go ahead because, um, you know, with with the new variant and COVID and stuff, we'll have to wait and see what the government will say. But let's quickly just look at what is down on paper. Uh, Portsmouth at home, Hounslow at home to start the year. So back-to-back home games. And then a trip to, to Kingsham or whatever you call it. Because um, we get told it's they say it differently there, but whatever. Then we've got Gillingham on a Wednesday night, our first Wednesday night of the year, um, a cold January at Felix Doe. And then, of course, the long trip to Newcastle in the FA Cup. Of course, we reacted to it last week. Um, what was your reaction like, quickly, Kieran, on the Newcastle draw? Um, a long trip, but it should be an enjoyable one. Yeah, really looking forward to it. I think that's a great draw. Um, whenever we have an FA Cup draw, I think you either want to play someone relatively decent at a high level or you want to play someone in a different division. You don't ever want to get drawn against someone in your own league or I think we wouldn't have liked to have been drawn against any of the tier four teams from the division we just came from because it's. I think the FA Cup provides you with good experiences to play different teams. So Newcastle is an excellent draw for us. Obviously, it's a big Premier League name. Um, they're a decent team at Tier 4 level, but in the Northern sector. So it's a team that we haven't faced before. And I was really happy with it. And I'm a big fan of the of the overnight stays and just everyone having a time, sort of, you know, just travelling together, you know, having a having a laugh in the hotel and just just bonding as a team and, and going up to play at what should be an exciting fixture. So, yeah, when that draw come out, apart from the length of journey, I think it's... Um, it's definitely an exciting tie, and it provides us with an opportunity with um, opportunity to equal our club record as well. Because if we win the win the game, we're into the fifth round for the second time in in three seasons, and that's the same stage we reached when we played Man City. So, you know, I think if you if we can get through and, and hopefully get another decent draw, we could be looking at quarterfinals. And, and I know that that's the target that Joe has been so desperate to hit for for pretty much his entire reign now. So, um, yeah, I think. I, w- I was happy with it, definitely. I, th- I think that's going to be the highlight of the month. But obviously, we've got four important games before then anyway. So let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Definitely not. And um, before we get into the last bit of the podcast, I want to quickly go over to you, Blue, just talking about the, the first month after the festive period. Some big games in there, especially Portsmouth at home. Um, as a players, um, how are you feeling when you come back from the Christmas period? Of course, you're trying to get rid of that... Uh, you know Christmas food stuffing. and all that and just get yeah. back I know you've got your programs and all that you're trying to get over the stuffing yeah too much but um yeah you know two home games is always ideal because then there's not much traveling involved yeah two home games is great well yeah great way to start January I think Portsmouth will be a tough game in particular um it's I think it's difficult when you come back because you're either you either click sometimes or you're a bit rusty, or but you're excited to get back playing, and I think that excitement helps with you run a lot more, or I tend to run a lot more. Um, yeah, you're just excited to get back on the pitch. Um, so hopefully that will affect us in a positive way. But we've got some difficult games. Um, Gillingham, who last time we we beat quite significantly, um, but I've recently seen that they had quite a close result against Championship side Charlton. So. That'll be an interesting game. Looks as if they've improved. Um, so, yeah, some tough games, but no doubt we'll get through it. Um, hopefully with some some decent points. But, yeah, all leading up to Newcastle which for a bit of FA Cup fun. 
Definitely. And I feel like I'm offending players every week because I'm now saying that all the players will be stuffing their faces. <laughs> um, I know they'll enjoy having a bit of food and relaxing, but um, I'm sorry if there's any players, you know, listening. And, they, can um, they can take it. They can take it. They take it. Enjoy. Enjoy the food. Enjoy the food. Um, but now it's time to talk about, once again, I put Blue on the spot, Kieran, because I forgot to mention it on the plan, but um, Player of the Year contenders. Um I'll let you sort of chuck some names out, Kieran, um, and then Blue can have a little more think here. Um, I, I try to, I try my best not to do this that often, Blue, but I've done it as of late on the podcast. I don't, I don't, I don't mind. It keeps me on my toes. Days. But Kieran, take it away. Well, I think first and foremost, after the season we've had, there are so many different names that you could throw into this. I think there have been so many players that have, that have performed at such a high level all season that could be worthy of winning the award. But as we sit here in at the end of December, going into the new year, obviously I think there are there are some players that have just taken it to a new level. Um, so I'm gonna I'm I don't want to disrespect anyone because I think there have been some the whole team has been unbelievable um, and everyone has played a massive part in in where we're at now. So but I think the three names I'm going to throw out, and Blue can obviously back me up with a few more, and there'll be some honourable mentions as well, I think, because it's only fair to do so. But I think I think the three main contenders for player of the season would be Abby Lafayette, Kyra Robertson, and Zoe Barrett. I think you look at Laffey, someone who signed a pro deal in the summer, has just been absolutely top class every single week. I know she's just come back from an injury, um, which obviously has disrupted her season, but someone that's played central midfield, centre-half, left-back, left-wing-back this season and just played absolutely unbelievably in every single position. So I think she is worthy of all the plaudits she is getting at the moment. Uh, with regards to Kyra, I think it's such a fantastic story for a player that came into the academy at the same time as the likes of Sophie Peskett and Maddie Biggs and and uh, Maria Boswell and other players that have been involved in the first team. And Kyra has had to bide her time. She's had to be patient. She didn't play a single second of Tier 4 football. She made her debut on the opening day of the season at Hounslow and has been nothing short of phenomenal this season. Has come straight into the team in the middle of the park. Has had to play an important role since Blue's been injured, you know, I think, you know, obviously we were devastated to lose Blue and you'll often wonder how you're going to replace such an influential player. Kyra has come in and been absolutely out of this world and she deserves an immense amount of credit because she's essentially come from nowhere in the academy, um, not having played in Tier 4 with, when she's seen a lot of her teammates, a lot of her friends progressing to the first team and she has taken her chance um, and... She deserves an immense amount of credit for that. Um, and then with Zoe Barrett, or as we like to call her, Baza, um, she obviously, you know, she's she's had to bide her time too. She's been involved with the first team over the last couple of years. I think for her, she finished last season really strongly. And, and there was uh, and obviously an indication that she would kick on. She signed a pro deal in the summer, but she has been tremendous, you know, whether she's played wide right, wide left, up front as a nine on her own, played up front with with Tash or Biggs. I think she's been fantastic this season. She has come on leaps and bounds. And we sit here now at the end of December and she's sitting on nine goals and seven assists. I mean, that is a, a player that's really, really taking it up a gear. So 
yeah, I, I apologise to any if any other players are listening because uh, there's definitely some worthy contenders elsewhere too, some honourable mentions. But I think if if I had to put a prediction on who's going to win player of the season, I think at this stage, obviously it can change, but I think it would be from those three. Over to you, Lou, what you got? <laughs> I think mine, mine are very similar. Um, I mean, top for me is Zoe Barrett. Um, I just think the way she's come in and just scored so many goals, um, she's really stepped up this season. So I guess you naturally go with goal scorers. Um, but yeah, Zoe Barrett, Laugh again. I, th- I think I remember a few games in saying, Jesus Christ, laugh, what a player. Um, so, yeah, you you appreciate people who play in the same position. Obviously, she's gone on to play hundreds of different positions um, this season and really sort of helped the team out with that. Um, Kyra, like you said, really stepped up. Um, huge improvement and has, has helped that midfield a lot. Um, but you've got, you've got so many players who... Who could possibly win it? I mean, you've got Bonnie, who's been steady, um, reliable, and likewise Paige Peak in the same boat. I think it's been under the radar this season, but again, it's been so key. Um, and then the rock that is Sarah. So yeah, there's, there's so many and so many honourable mentions, but I have to say the three that you've picked, Kieran, I'd probably pick as well. I think that's I think that's perfect picks. Um, of course, we've got to mention the goat. In terms of Natasha Thomas, you know, 10 goals this season in Tier 3. I think we all knew she would be able to score at this level. Um, But no, I think three good contenders there. And um, yeah, let us know as well. Town fans, let us know your contenders, who you would give that that award to. But it's um, been a good start to the season and what a season it's been. Um, Well, we're now wrapping up on the podcast. It's been an unbelievable show. Thanks very much, Kieran, for joining us. but before we go, Kieran, any other notes you'd like to add before we wrap up? And um, yeah, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, I'd just like to um, defend myself from, from last week's podcast because Blue completely dug me out um, about the uh, the goal at Wimbledon and uh, the, the week before against Crawley. Um, so I'd just, I'd just like to say um, that when, when that second goal went in, Ross, you, you summed it up. You thought it was an own goal, right? So did I. I turned around to Dan, our physio, on the, on the bench, and I turned around to the girls and I said, was that an own goal? And then everyone went, I think it might have been Tash. And then the announcer read out Tash, so I gave it to her. Blue has then jumped on one of our group chats and gone, oh, gee, you think Kieran's going to give it to Tash, just to stitch me up even further, and then has the audacity to come on this podcast and drop me in it and say that I was in the mud. Um, so... I feel like I had to stick up for myself on that one because um, I thought it was an own goal. Um, so I wasn't just awarding goals for the sake of it or assists or anything like that. It was a genuine, I thought it was an own goal, but people actually changed my mind. So, um, But yes, Ross, it all happened very quickly. I can see how uh, definitely people got confused. And the other thing as well, I just wanted to say um, as well before we, before we finish is um, obviously you mentioned a couple of weeks back about... Um, my, mine and Kev's trip to, to visit Blue and drop off the care package. And you mentioned how we included Bonnie's signature breakfast of a Mars bar and a Red Bull. But Blue forgot to mention what was the primary object in that care package. And I feel it's very relevant to mention on an Ipswich Town podcast. We bought her a Lego tractor. 
And, and that was the most expensive thing that we bought. And that was the primary gift in the care package. And obviously, it's the most relevant thing to Ipswich Town. And it didn't even get a mention. So i got to say, I was very disappointed not to hear that get a mention. So I thought I'd say it now, that that was in the care package. Okay, thank you, Kieran. So I'm sorry for not mentioning it. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It hasn't yet been built, but it was it was very yeah. thoughtful. Must admit, as soon as Blue opened the what was the contents of the care package and her sister Drew saw the tractor, she tried to swipe that tractor quite quickly, didn't she, Blue? <laughs> she did, she did. Yeah, she's like, I'm gonna build this while you're out for lunch. And Blue was like, You are not touching my tractor. <laughs> That was crazy. That was crazy. Uh, yeah. Oh, brilliant. Well, it, it has been a pleasure, Kieran, to have you on the podcast. I'm sure we'll get Kieran on um, in throughout the season uh, where we need a guest. I'm not saying you are a last resort this week, but uh, <laughs> it's just a, no, it has been a pleasure. And I'm sure everyone who's listening has enjoyed. Um, Blue, it's been a pleasure as well. But before we get into our outro, because um, Blue is the one to son us off now, because I always ramble on, but I just want to say... Um, Make sure to give us a review if you haven't already. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can get us in your feed when it is live. And also, follow us all the socials at Kings of Anglia on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram and all that. Of course, follow Kieran at whatever Twitter is yours and Instagram. Hey, Stanley Media. Of course, like follow it. the club account too. You know, there might be some town fans that listen to Tractor Girls Talk that don't actually follow the uh, the club account. So, uh, yeah, we're getting close, very close now to 10,000 followers. Um, so I'd quite like to hit that by the new year if we can. Um, so, yeah, drop drop the club account to follow at ITFC Women. Um, and then, of course, if there's anything on there that um, you don't like, like Blue often pulls me up on, then you can do that too. <laughs> <laughs> good shout good shout um, and of course this blue will be our last podcast of 2021 um, going into our festive, uh, festive sort of break as well um, as we've got no games so it's our time to eat some stuffing and eat some Christmas dinner <laughs> stuffing our face um, but blue it's been it's been a pleasure once again doing this podcast with you um, I'll let you sign off take it away thank you all for listening I know it's been a long one um, if you if you're still here Thank you. <laughs> You've made it through an hour of us talking. Um, but yeah, we wish you all a very Merry Christmas and a good New Year. Um, and we can't wait to see you all back in January. Thanks for listening. From true crime to football, Brexit to football. more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash
youtube.com slash channel slash art